Hey everybody, this is Matthew Soltysiak and you're listening to Not The Same Old Lions Podcast. Welcome to another episode. Today we're taking a closer look at how different offensive positions fared this year and which areas we think the Lions might need to improve the most. I'm joined by Coach Jerry Angers, Michigan High School Coach of the Year in 2016. He was also named Coach of the Week by the Detroit Lions in 2019. He's mentored 70 players to the college level and two all the way to the NFL. Good to have you here, Coach. Oh, great to be here, Matt. All right, so we talked, did a little overview last uh, episode about the whole season, and now we're going to look a little bit closer just at the offense and kind of break it down by position. I guess let's start with just the offensive line play. That was an anticipated strength coming into this season. How do you think they did? Did they live up to it? And then what were your thoughts on some of the offensive spots? I think there's no doubt about the offensive line. It's one of the best in the NFL. Um, you know, as those guys get older, too, they're going to get better. I mean, you look at uh, Goff, how many times was he touched in the last, you know, eight, nine, ten weeks or you know, pressure on him or sacks given against him. And, you know, in our run game, you know, we suffered a few times in our run game, but uh, that also came with, I think, the one game we had two guards out. And and so, you know, your injury, again, I think, you know, the biggest thing with that is we want to try to get some depth. You know, hopefully they'll find some depth and, and fit some good guys in there. But uh, um, I, I think it held up to exactly what everybody said it was going to be. Good. I'm almost, I'm going to even go a step further and say, I think it could be better than what we saw this year because as we know Frank Ragnow played through injury all season and at one point I think the Lions were down to their third or fourth string right guard right right yeah oh yeah and that's I mean that's the thing you look at and it's 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 one of those things when you when you see like a Ragnow guy that's playing on an injured foot I mean it, you know, again you know, I heard the thing at the beginning of training camp that no matter what happens um, during camp you're you're 100% on the first day of camp and then after that you're not so right. I mean that's the thing but Hey, look at Skipper. I mean, that was a huge. He steps in and once he starts and he hasn't played and he's been in camps for five to six years and not on roster spot and he stuck around for the full year for us and did a great job. So, um, so I think that you know again a little more depth, stay healthy, and of course as they um, get educated throughout the off season, it'll be that much better. Right. Well, and I think that's a perfect example of you know your teammates around you making you better too because you know Ragnall and Sewell are like, okay, we got you, Dan, and uh, you know you think about it. Right, the two of them were like, "All right, we're right. gonna make this work." I think that game started with like two penalties on him right away, right. and then after that, he was smooth. And so that's a great testament sure. to the culture sure. they're building there. Yeah, yeah. And we talk about the uh, the left tackle, you know, Taylor Decker. I mean, I actually owe him a little bit of thanks for the name of this podcast because it was after that Buffalo game, and he's like, "We're not the same old Lions." That's great. He made <laughs> added another word or two in there, sure. but yeah. They're not the same old Lions. Taylor Decker and the team showed that. They went back the following week, took care of Jacksonville quite handily. The one person we sometimes don't talk about enough of is probably Jonah Jackson. I mean, the left guard there has been solid. So, yeah, you know, the right or the right guard area is probably the area of most concern because Vitae was on injured reserve right. and then Evan Brown even went down. And so, like you talked about earlier, maybe some more depth there. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. I think that's the biggest thing. And you got, you know, you want to, <clears throat> that's one of the toughest positions there is. They're in the trenches every time and they're fighting every day. And they're, they're I mean, you know, it's, and, you know, they have to stay healthy. And how do they stay healthy when they're doing what they're doing to their bodies? And so I think that's the biggest thing. The more depth we can get, the more people that can fill in, in in certain spots and and you can see it you know you're gonna injury the the team that does has most success in the in the Super Bowls and in the playoffs is the one that stays injured free or has a good enough backup to replace what 
they just lost. For sure. And, you know, we talked about the running game doing well, then kind of lulling, and then coming back a bit. So there were ups and downs with that. But one thing we definitely have no ups and downs about is what you already said. Quarterback Jared Goff had time to throw the ball, and that made a huge difference. For sure. Let's go over to the running backs then. Mm-hmm. You know, they started off the season on fire, right? En Fuego, you had Swift and Williams, and then you even had St. Brown um, on an end around. But the running game was great. Swift got hurt. He was out for a while. Jamal Williams, I guess, for me, Jamal Williams was, I, I, I want to say he's the biggest surprise, even though we shouldn't say he's a surprise, but he had his career season this year, and he really stepped up. I, oh, I totally agree. I mean, first of all, you break Barry Sanders' record. Uh, that tells you something. You rush for 1,000 yards, that tells you something. Uh, you know, again, we had an extra game, but we don't care about that, uh, how hard he ran. And I think that goes into what we talked about yesterday was, you know, he, he, as hard as he played, of course, he wanted to prove any critics wrong and he and he wants to be part of this team he wants to be part of the Lions he wants to make sure that he's he's part of the the growth and and the development and getting into the playoffs and making runs to the Super Bowl and he's just uh, I think he's a great leader you know I mean we see it um you know during the game after the game I'm telling you his post game <laughs> after after the uh Green Bay game amazing was unbelievable you're going from tears to a MME fighter and and, and right seamless transition seamless. he went from one to the other and it was like he didn't even miss a beat no no and it's that and and you look at it and go man I, I wish he was you know that that's a teammate I want for sure and you know that's the thing not only did, what he did on the field but what he's done off the field with the Lions adding to the culture there I guess for me with you know he's a free agent Swift is in the final year of his contract. I hope they can bring Jamal Williams back. Um, I also, though, feel they need to do something to invest in that position a little bit, just in case Swift does get hurt again. Um, you know, you want to add another talented spot to this. So, one of my hopes for that position is as well as it did do, I would like to to add somebody else with some talent, whether it's through the draft or through free agency. That's something we'll, we'll look at in the coming weeks. For sure. Let's look at the tight ends and the wide receivers because this was an up-and-down group. And I say up-and-down because, well, we had additions and minuses throughout the year. Started off really well, but during that one-and-six stretch, a lot of people maybe outside Detroit, they say, oh, they started off so bad. Then they suddenly got hot. Well, they didn't get hot. They got healthy. Right. Right? I mean, there were games where Shark and St. Brown were not in the game, and Reynolds was playing banged up. Um, I believe the Minnesota game, um, St. Brown was playing with, like, a sore hip or something. So the injuries really played an impact early on. Um, I, You know, DJ Shark did not have the season people thought he would have. But I think he finished the season the way people thought he was going to be. So there's a lot of promise there. St. Brown, I don't think that guy missed a beat from last year. Right, right. Yeah, oh, for sure it was St. Brown. I mean, and I and I, I agree with the Shark. St. Brown is one of those guys, again, when you know the guys that were drafted before you and you know the rounds and the right. schools, you know that that guy wants to be a player. And, it, I mean, look at his dad. His dad was a bodybuilder, I believe. So Yeah, Mr. Uh, Universe, Mr. I think. Universe, so, uh, but, I, you know, I, and, and Shark, and, and I think that's the, you, you totally you hit it on the uh, the nail on the head when you talk about the injuries with those guys. You talk about we had some good guys that stepped up. Kennedy stepped up. Tom Kennedy was huge. Huge in games. Um, you know, and, and I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, Williams is definitely going to help us next year. I mean, you know, again, he, he was an injured guy. We drafted him, injured, knew that. He wasn't going to, you know, probably not going to be available for us this year. And if he did, he was going to make some splash plays. Right. He made some splash plays. He did. And, and so I think that's the, the, the thing you got to look at um, it, is that 
room needed to be upgraded? Yeah, I think so. Take some of the pressure off those guys and let the young guy develop, you know, and, and we'll see what happens with it. So Yeah, you know, we didn't mention Josh Reynolds or Khalif Raymond yet, and both of those guys were solid contributors. I mean, Raymond had probably one of his best seasons, if oh, not the best of sure. his career, and I, I think Josh Reynolds is kind of an unsung hero of the team. <laughs> the, the guy has some great chemistry with Goff, and it seems like wherever he goes, as soon as he gets there, the wide receiver, right, wide receiver room suddenly gets upgraded quite quickly. Same thing happened in Tennessee last yeah. year. The question is, will DJ Shark come back? I think that's a big thing because if you're going into next season with St. Brown, Reynolds, Raymond, and Jamison Williams, and you have Shark in there, you got to feel really good about that receiving room. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's, it won't be a crowded room, but it'll be a talented room. That it will be. <laughs> and so we'll, we'll see what happens with Shark. I think that's the biggest one that a lot of people are wondering about. And then the other part of the receiving game is the tight end. And, you know, the biggest news, of course, was the TJ Hawkinson trade. And that left the Lions with Brock Wright, Shane Zylstra, and James Mitchell. Mitchell being the rookie who also was coming off an injury in college. So we didn't even get to see him, you know, a full year rehabilitated yet. Um, what were your thoughts on the, the tight end group? Well, I, I mean, we set the record, you know, for the most catches by tight ends this year, I think, for uh, the Detroit Lions. That's yeah, impressive. And we've had some good tight ends yes, in our history. I think it was like I think David Sloan. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, so I think that's impressive. I think you had um, three guys that fit in and did what they needed to do when they with Hawkinson gone. I think you look at the trade that we had uh, when Hawkinson was traded, and then all of a sudden we started, you know, things started picking up. I mean, that's why I never, you know, again, I don't doubt coaches. Shouldn't doubt coaches. Shouldn't doubt um, player personnel. Shouldn't doubt GMs. Shouldn't doubt owners. And when you look at the stuff that Holmes and them are doing, I, you got to agree with everything they do. Even if you don't agree to disagree because, man, they make some great decisions. And I think that was a huge decision they made and knew that those three tight ends were going to be able to fit the, fit the bill and do the job that needed to be done. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I was a little bit like uh, my initial reaction was, man, really? Are we getting rid of TJ? Like, you know, because you know the talent the guy has. Um, but then you take some time, you, you flesh it out, you think about it a little bit. Actually, one observation I'd heard and then I, I thought about it, you know, that Seattle game when Hawkinson had that amazing game, St. Brown wasn't on the field. Right, right. And so he and St. Brown run a lot of similar stuff that when both of them are on there together, you know, it's usually one or the other. And those other tight ends definitely stepped up. Some people are saying the Lions need to draft a tight end early. And I'm not so sure about that. I might be in the small camp here, but I kind of want to see what these three guys can do again without bringing anybody else in. But again, if there's someone they see in the draft or free agency, they're like, hey, we'd like to add to it. I'm all for it. But I'm comfortable going into next season with these three guys. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as long as we can run and they, they can block and, and make, uh, what, they have nine catches, nine touchdowns between them? Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> three in one game by one of them. So, you know, those are those are things. What is the toy is the tight end used for? Not everybody has a Kelsey, you know, and or a Kittle. And, right. you know, is our offense designed for a Kelsey or a Kittle? Well, not, not necessarily. We were uh, in the top five this year. So You're absolutely right. And it's not just the passing part of the tight end game. It's the block part and I think the Lions found yeah. some great blocking with these guys. Yes, for sure and I think that, you know, that's again, that's what we talk about is, you know, are they going to use the two tight end sets, 22 personnel, 21 personnel, you know, it's a 12 personnel, what are they going to do? You know, and that's that's the thing as you look at what uh, what Holmes and, and uh, Coach Campbell and those guys are doing is they're drafting bodies that are going to do what they want them to do in the position that they need them to be in and and I think that's the biggest thing, you know, it's it, it's a personnel thing and, and uh, I mean, we had some pretty good success 
obsessed with what they're doing. So uh, sure. how can we question them? So that brings us to our last position on offense. <laughs> and, you know, I don't want to say most controversial, but it seems to be the one that's been up for topic and debate the most. And by nature of the position, it is going to be because the quarterback is that position that everybody focuses on first. And that is talking about the Lions quarterback position, obviously, Jared Goff being the starter. Um, we finished the season with Nate Sudfeld as our backup. We had multiple quarterbacks, Boyle, Blau, and Dobbs, who were on the team at different points, who then went to different teams. And, and Blau and Dobbs actually started games for other yes, teams yes. this year. But uh, what's your feeling on the Detroit quarterback situation? Well, I think that's the biggest thing is we have to uh, find somebody to back up Jared Goff. We have to find somebody that can come in and win some games for us if there's an extended period of time where he's injured. Uh, Cooper Rush, guys like that from Dallas. I mean, he, you know, look what he did. Look at Henny last week for the, the Chiefs, let him on a 98-yard drive. So we have to find that guy. For sure. Um, we want to talk about the rookie from the 49ers. So I think that's the biggest thing. I think we keep – I love Jared Goff. I think he, he he's great for the team. They have a – him and him and uh, Coach Johnson have a great relationship. And look for at, sure. Look at, he's had a, heck of a, had a heck of a season. Right. Even as, as I said in our last episode, you know, the first 10 games as a Detroit Lion – um, I was like very skeptical, even though I think it was a game two or three against the Packers. I saw him throw a, a, a dart, a laser of a ball for a nice touchdown pass. I think it was to Hawkinson. And I was like, that's a nice throw. But again, he didn't play well. He wasn't surrounded well, and the system wasn't well. Well, then we saw development of players throughout the season that stepped up. We saw the change to the offensive coordinator. And even though we didn't get the wins early in this season, um, I didn't see the same mistakes by Goff early in this season. And then as the season went on and we got healthier and he had the cast members around him, and it's not just him having cast members, he made some plays. I mean, I, I think, look at the final play against the Green Bay Packers. What do they do? He threw the ball. He said, we're giving the ball to Goff. We're throwing it, and we're going to win throwing it when the safe play is to run it, and everybody in the building thinks we're going to run it when it's like 25 degrees outside. Goff, for me, I am solid with him as a starter. I think it's a great position to be in compared to just where we were um, a year ago, wondering what we were going to be at. Um, The backup position, though, I think severely needs to be addressed. I think if a team wants to have a shot at the playoffs, if they think they're a playoff contending team, they need to make sure if their starter goes down for one, two, three games, you got someone who can come in, right? The Eagles had Gardner Minshew come in. I don't know if they won a game with him, but he's a competent backup, and he actually shows flashes at times. So we need to have an upgrade there. Now, the free agency route is probably where I'd like to go with that, get someone who has some experience. But I also think the Lions need to draft a quarterback. Now, I'm not saying the first round or the second round, but – you know, since 2017, actually 2017 is the last time the Lions drafted a quarterback, and that was like in the sixth round. We should be drafting somebody in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round. I mean, look, look at look at Brock Purdy, right? You never know. If, if 31 GMs didn't think the guy was the right fit or, or the right thing to take, it shows it's worth taking a flyer on a quarterback late in the draft. You never know when you're going to hit on right, something. Right, right. Yeah, I totally agree. And when you have those extra picks, and again, you know what, what – uh, 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 Brad Holmes and, and Coach Campbell have been doing with it is they're going to take the best available guy on the board. And they're not saying you're, they're taking you to replace you. They're saying they're taking you to make us, you know, this team better. And I think that's one of the biggest things we should, we'll should see in this draft. It's going to be fun to watch. Awesome. Well, that's our look at the offense side of the ball, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to the podcast to get alerts about new episodes. Thank you, Taylor Decker. And until next time, stay gritty, my friends. Stay gritty, my friends.